Okay, guys, we have got another reading episode. So, just some um, housekeeping here. This book that I'm reading might bring up some challenges for some people. Um, and they actually might find it interesting as opposed to boring and helping you sleep. Um, and for other people, you might have no interest in this whatsoever, in which case I help. I hope it helps you fall asleep. Um, I'm reading this for my own um, inquiring mind. And on account of ADHD, I find it more effective to read out loud um, to get all of the information into my head. So I thought, oh my God, I just spilled my coffee everywhere. Please hold. And I'm back. I wish I could say that was the first time I've spilled coffee on myself today. But it's not. Hence, why we are reading this book. Now, I have no specific plans for the next episode. So, I'll either carry on with this. Or if someone wants something else and they let me know, I can do that. Depends what mood I'm in. But it's been a while between drinks. So, I just thought... Yeah, kill two birds with one stone. Um, also, I do have a pretty bad cold, so if you're not into mouth breathing, <laughs> you might want to head off. Alright, so the book is called Buried in Treasures, second edition by David F. Tolan, Randy O'Frost, and Gail Stickity. Stickity. Um, it is for help with compulsive acquiring, saving, and hoarding. So I'm gonna skip the blurb. It's um, it's written out kind of like a school workbook where there's chapters, information, and then like little questionnaires and examples and things. Um, okay, but we'll start from the beginning, which is the introduction. I didn't see when this was made, actually, seeing as it's second edition. Hmm. 2014? Oh, let's make knowledge, we'll read those. David thanks his wife, Fiona, and their kids, James and Katie, for their support. Randy would like to thank Sue, his wife, for her support and encouragement. And Gail thanks her husband, Brian McCordell, for his patience and thoughtful contributions to her research and clinical work on hoarding. All of us extend our thanks to the many people whose lives are afflicted by hoarding and who have helped us learn about this challenging problem in our clinics and research centers. This book is dedicated to all of you. I think maybe I will read the blurb just to give myself a bit more info. Uh, it says here on the back that David has a PhD, is director of the Anxiety Disorder Center at the Institute of Living, and adjunct associate professor of psychiatry at Yale University of University School of Medicine. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Randy has a PhD is Harold and Elsa Sipola, Israel Professor of Psychology at Smith College. And 
and Gail has a PhD and is Dean and Professor at Boston University School of Social Work. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, they're among the world's leading experts in the study and treatment of hoarding disorder, together holding four National Institute of Mental Health grants on hoarding disorder. Their gold standard treatment forms the basics, basis of this book. Um, okay. While most people find it relatively easy to manage their possessions, some find it extremely difficult. If you have a problem resisting the urge to acquire and you find your home cluttered and filled to capacity with items many people would find useless and unnecessary, you may suffer from a condition known as hoarding. Hoarding is a behavioural problem consisting of clutter, difficulty discarding items and excessive buying or acquiring. Hoarding is often associated with significant reduction in quality of life and in extreme cases, it can pose serious health risks. If you or a loved one has a hoarding disorder, this book can help. This fully updated second edition of Buried in Treasures is out, outlines a scientifically based effective program for helping those with hoarding disorder dig their way out of the clutter and chaos of their homes. Written by scientists and practitioners who are leaders in studying and treating hoarding disorder, this book outlines a program of skill building, learning to think about possessions in a different way, and gradual challenges to help people manage their clutter and their lives. It also provides useful information for family and friends of people who hoard as they struggle to understand and help. Discover the reasons for your problems with acquiring, saving and hoarding and learn new ways of thinking about your possessions so you can decide what you really need and what you can do without. Learning to identify the quote-unquote bad guys that cause and maintain your hoarding behaviour and meet the quote-unquote good guys who can help motivate you and put you on the path to change. Useful self-assessments will help you determine the severity of your problem, training exercises, case examples, organising tips and motivation boosters help change the way you think and behave towards your possessions. This book provides easy to understand strategies and techniques that anyone can use. So it's interesting how they say anyone because obviously a lot of people with hoarding issues um, have comorbid disorders. So it'd be interesting to see if that's referenced at all. Let's take a look now at the intro. That's a pretty thorough blurb. Pretty good, pretty informative. Okay. Man, it's been a while since I've held an actual book. It's quite large too. Like I said, it's very workbook looking. So it's not that, um, I don't think there's that many words, but it's probably about just under A4 in size um, and quite chunky. Okay. This book is for and about people who have trouble managing their possessions. When we published the first edition of Buried in Treasures in 2007, oh, there you go, not many people had heard of hoarding. Even doctors and healthcare professionals had little or no understanding of this phenomenon, even though it was and remains very common. Things have certainly changed since then. Hoarding has been featured on such popular television programs as The Oprah Winfrey Show and The Dr Oz Show. Entire TV series such as Hoarders uh, and Hoarders Spirit Alive and Confessions Animal Hoarding have been dedicated to the topic. These media portrayals have their <laughs> My apologies, I dropped you. I hope you're safe. <laughs> My, uh, where was I? Uh, these media portrayals have their strengths and weaknesses. 
but there's no denying the fact that they have brought hoarding into the national spotlight. Hoarding has gone from being virtually unheard of to a household word. Changes have also occurred outside the popular media. The most recent edition of the Diagnosis and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, published by the American Psychiatric Association in 2013, now includes for the first time a diagnosis of hoarding disorder. That's what this book is about, hoarding disorder. DSM-5 most recently being updated in 2013. That's quite a while ago as far as like psychiatry goes. Uh, we've written it mainly for people who are suffering from hoarding, although we also hope it is useful for people who, whose loved ones hoard and professionals who work with people who hoard. Uh, our aim in writing this book is to provide you with clear, up-to-date information about hoarding and to provide you with a plan to gain control over your hoarding problems, whether they are mild or severe. Now let's start by saying that not everyone likes the word hoarding. For many, terms like excessive saving, acquiring and clutter sound a bit less offensive and they are certainly more descriptive. And there's no doubt that a lot of people don't like the word hoarder. Some prefer terms like pack rat or clutter bug, but in the end, people are more than a label, even if the label seems less offensive. We therefore avoid the term hoarder in this book and instead to refer to people with hoarding problems or similar terms. We have retained the term hoarding mostly because excessive saving acquiring clutter is just too cumbersome. We hope you'll understand that this is shorthand and not meant as name calling. We'll start by describing the problem in chapter two and introducing you to a couple of people who hoard. Their problems may seem familiar to you or maybe your situation is a bit different. In any case, we hope you will take away some of the basic principles and have a better understanding of the hoarding problem. In chapter two and six, we discuss how hoarding develops and why people have such a hard time overcoming this problem. The rest of the book is dedicated to providing you with a step-by-step -step plan for getting control over hoarding thinking, emotions, and behavior. After an overview of all the strategies in chapter five, We'll work on keeping your motivations high in Chapter 7. Help you reduce acquiring things that add to the clutter in Chapter 8. Show you how to sort and let go of possessions in Chapter 9 and 10. And describe how to tackle problems that come up in Chapters 11 and 12. Discuss ways to maintain your gains in the long run in Chapter 13. Sounds pretty good, right? At this point, we should probably caution you. Just reading this book will not solve your hoarding problems. If that's all you do, nothing will change. We realise that saying this in the first pages of our book might be disappointing, but it's important that we be honest and you understand what this book can and cannot do. This book is a guide that will provide you with the necessary information to understand the problem of hoarding and will give you tools to help beat the problem. The rest is up to you. You are the one who will have to do the work to regain control over your possessions. This book is a roadmap. You are the driver. Getting control of your hoarding will be hard work. We have never met anyone who found this process easy. For most people, it took a long time for the problem to build up to its present level, and it's not going to get better overnight. In addition, it might not always be a pleasant process. We think you will find the overall program to be very rewarding, and we hope that you get a lot of satisfaction from the results. However, there may be times that this program bring up, brings up some uncomfortable feelings and thoughts 
that perhaps you'd rather not experience. There may even be times that you want to throw this book out the window, but that's a very normal part of the process and it's okay to have mixed feelings as you go through this. If you're willing to work hard to keep your eyes on the goal and to follow the program in this book, you can do it. Another thing to keep in mind is that your goal is going to change the way you think about the things you own and the decisions you make about them. Decluttering your home will be part of the program, but changing the way you relate to possessions is what will make this approach successful. This means making some changes in your lifestyle that will continue long after you finish with this book. This book is designed to get you started on that journey. Finally, it's important to remember that one size doesn't fit all. People acquire and save for many reasons, so they will need to try different methods in order to get better. In addition, some people reading this book will have only mild hoarding problems, while, other problems might, while others' problems might be quite severe and debilitating. There's no way we could write a book that will be a perfect fit for everyone. If only the solution were as simple as handing you a couple of exercises and guaranteeing they will work. But of course it's not that simple. In this book, we've tried to provide a framework to help you understand and work on hoarding the way we do. Flexibly. Trying to discover, sorry, trying different things and modifying the program as you go. So as you use this book, there might be some parts that just don't apply to you. That's fine. Just skim those parts for reference if you like but pay special attention to the parts of the book that seem to fit what you're noticing in your own life and work especially hard on those exercises. I just want to double check that this is still recording. Hopefully the volume hasn't been all over the place. Yes, okay. Who should use this book and how? We have designed the information in this book to be applicable to a wide range of people who are concerned about hoarding. We recognise that if you're like most of the people with hoarding problems that we've met, that you didn't choose to have this problem and are very unhappy with how things are going. You want things to get better, but you just don't know where or how to start. To begin with, congratulations are in order. Your purchase of this book is the first step toward beating this problem, and that's no small feat. A lot of people never make it as far as you have now. Perhaps, however, this is not the first book you've bought on the subject. We've met a lot of people whose purchase of books about how to declutter and get organised just added to their clutter. We would like nothing more than for this to be the last book you ever buy on this topic. What's different about this book? Unlike many of the other books you have seen, the information in this book is based on the best available science. Although we still have a long way to go before we have a complete understanding of hoarding, the strategies in this book have been road tested in our research programs sponsored by the National Institutes of Health. As we write this book, research on understanding and fixing hoarding is ongoing. The great news is that the majority of people who have participated in our clinical research in Boston, Hartford and Northampton have shown significant improvement. The tips and strategies in this book reflect what we found successful for the people who come to see us. While you can certainly use this book on your own, in the last few years, a number of people have begun to use the chapters of Buried in Treasures together in small groups. These Buried in Treasures workshops are going on across the country now, and they have proven nearly as successful as individual therapy for hoarding using very similar methods. If you know or would like to find other people who need help with this problem, we encourage you to consider forming a Buried in Treasures workshop. The Buried in Treasures workshop method is highly structured with each session focusing on a chapter from this book 
and everyone working through the exercises in it. There is no professional therapist, just someone who takes on the role of facilitator. Everything you need to know to run one of these workshops can be found in the facilitator's guide that is available for free at the International OCD Foundation website. This guide is called Leading the Buried and Treasures Workshop, a facilitator's manual, and is written for people with hoarding problems. If you're a family member or friend of someone who has a hoarding problem, this book is for you too. We hear from a lot of people like you and we know how difficult it is to watch a family member or friend go through this and how frustrating it is to not be able to do anything about it. We've lost track of how many people, hundreds, maybe thousands, have contacted us with questions like, my mother, father, daughter, brother, etc. has mountains of clutter but doesn't acknowledge that anything's wrong. The whole family has talked to him slash her about it but the conversation always turns into an argument. How can I convince him slash her to do something about it? It's great that you want to help and we will try to help you. In various places, you'll notice breakout boxes with the title Fact File for Family and Friends. These boxes contain information specifically designed for you. Still, other people reading this book will be mental health professionals, social service workers, or professional organisers who work with people with hoarding problems. For many of you, hoarding has represented a special challenge in your practice. We get questions like, I've been treating someone for depression for a long time and I never knew that he or she had a hoarding problem until their relative contacted me. Why didn't my client tell me about it? Or, our agency has been getting complaints about clutter outside someone's home, but the person seems reluctant to do much about it, no matter how much we talk to them. We hope this book will give you some insight into what we know about hoarding and how we go about treating it in our clinics. If you're a mental health professional, you'll probably find the therapist guide useful as it provides strategies for cognitive behavioural therapy that are not included here. The specific things to look for and the way to use this book will vary somewhat depending on who you are. If you're a person with a hoarding problem, and in the coming chapters we'll help you find out whether you are, you have a couple of options. The first option is to use this book as a standalone program for beating hoarding. This is perfectly fine and makes sense as a first shot. But if that does not work well enough, consider forming or joining a Buried and Treasures workshop. One of the participants in a recent BIT workshop made the following comment about it. I first read the book and revved up my uncluttering. But when I reread the book with my support group and did all the exercises, I understood myself better. I didn't just clear out some space, I changed it. This is the kind of outcome you can achieve if you keep at it. Another thing to consider is to use this book in addition to seeing a professional mental health worker, such as a psychologist, social worker, psychiatrist or psychiatric nurse. Two of the authors of this book, Gail and Randy, have written a manual for clinicians and an accompanying client workbook that follows the same program as this book. You can suggest that the professional follow along with their own manual if you decide you would like to help from a professional or if you decide you would like help from a professional while you go through this program. Good resources for finding a therapist um, are the International OCD Foundation and the Association of Behavioural and Cognitive Therapists. Okay. Ugh, how am I supposed to digest the entire book? We realise that it can be quite daunting to start a self-help program, and if you're like a lot of people with hoarding problems, you might find that it's hard to sustain attention and focus for a long time. 
Don't worry, we've done our best to make this as straightforward as possible. First, we have tried not to clutter up with the book with scientific jargon, statistics, citations and so on. Even though this book is based on scientific research, we've deliberately kept a lot of details out of the book. Uh, so the book will be easy to read for people without a background in science. Second, you might notice that we repeat ourselves from time to time. That is deliberate. We know from decades of research that people learn best when they read something more than once. And that's especially true for people who have problems with attention. So don't worry about trying to memorize everything in the book. We've made sure that you'll get the important points more than once in a variety of contexts. Context. Are you guys going to make me throw out all of my cherished, cherished possessions? No, first of all, we're not going to make you do anything. We couldn't even if we wanted to. We believe firmly in respecting people's autonomy and control. Your possessions belong to you and only you can decide what to do with them. Second, although it's easy to focus on discarding, indeed on the hoarding related TV shows, a lot of emphasis is placed on throwing stuff out, we think that this is only part of the picture. When your home is filled to the brim with stuff, it's hard to get any enjoyment out of your possessions. The good stuff might well be buried underneath a pile of other stuff, so it's hard to find. Even if you do find the good stuff, you might not have enough room to enjoy it. Or you might find that after being buried under a pile for a long time, the good stuff has deteriorated to the point where it's not so good anymore. The critical issue, then, is to make room in your home for the things you value most. A major goal of this book is to enable you to celebrate and enjoy the things you save. This program will help. When is it time to seek professional help? There's no hard and fast rule here. Seeking professional help is a very personal decision and different people have different criteria for making that decision. Our criteria, which might differ from yours, and that you should consider consulting a professional if the problem seems too overwhelming to manage on your own or with the help of friends or family, and if the strategies in this book don't seem to help, or if other mental health concerns such as anxiety uh, or depression seem to be getting in the way of beating the hoarding problem. Below will describe some of the different kinds of treatment and the types of people who could provide them. Okay, so they do mention comorbid issues there. Therapy. Traditional talk therapy doesn't seem to be particularly helpful for people with hoarding problems. We do have evidence, however, that a particular kind of psychological therapy, CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, is helpful for people with hoarding. What's unique about CBT? Unlike other kinds of therapy or counselling, CBT is a very active solution-focused treatment in which you and the therapist work together to learn how to sort and let go of possessions, think more clearly about your possessions, and control the urges to acquire. In our clinics and research studies, the therapist even goes to the person's home to help them learn how it's done. We have been studying the effects of CBT for people with hoarding, and our evidence shows that the majority of people who go through this treatment show substantial improvement in the level of clutter and in how they feel. What we have also found is that in most cases, the person's condition improved and he or she, why don't they just say they? Repeating he or she so many times is really annoying. Um, and they were happy with the results, but still had more clutter than the average person and had to continue working at it. CBT is usually provided by a psychologist or social worker, although not also all psychologists and social workers practice this kind of treatment. When selecting a therapist, it's important to find out whether he or she is an expert in CBT and has experience treating hoarding. Unfortunately, most clinicians are not yet very experienced at treating hoarding problems, 
But if the person is skilled at CBT and reads this book and or the other one, uh, this will go a long way to enable them to help. At this time, the best places to find a therapist who knows how to treat hoarding are the International OCD uh, Foundation website and the Association for Behavioural Cognitive Therapies. Uh, okay. Medications. So far, very little research has examined the use of medications to treat hoarding. Medications used to treat obsessive compulsive disorder have also been used for hoarding. These medications include some SSRIs uh, as well as SRIs. Um, some new evidence suggests that some of the SSRIs may be helpful for hoarding, but other evidence indicates that these medications are not useful for treating hoarding as they are for OCD. Legally, any physician can prescribe medications. However, we generally recommend that you consult a psychiatrist or advanced practice nurse who has special expertise in prescribing psychiatric medications. Professional organisers. It's important to remember that serious mental health problems require treatment from a trained mental health professional. However, we think that professional organisers can be a very useful addition to your team. Professional organisers have a term called chronic disorganisation, which is similar in many ways to our concept of hoarding. The subgroup of professional organisers who specialise in dealing with this kind of problem is called the, the Institute for Challenging Disorganisation. Professional organisers, particularly those with this specialty, are great at helping you figure out ways to organise and manage the possessions in your home. In fact, some of what we do in treatment is borrowed from the work of professional organisers. Stepped care. Increasingly, doctors and researchers have been interested in a concept called stepped care. That means that you start with one treatment, usually something relatively easy and inexpensive, and then move up to more intensive treatments only if they are needed. For many people, this is a very sensible way to work on a problem. Try something simple first, see if that works, and if it doesn't, do something more complicated. This book could be a great first step in a stepped program. We know from our experience that it will help some people, perhaps even most people, but it won't help everyone. So here's a way to think about your own stepped care program. Try this program on your own or with the help of a friend or family member. Pay careful attention to what works and what doesn't work. If this seems like, if it seems like this program has adequately addressed your problem, great. Keep it up and congratulate yourself. If not, consider finding or forming a BIT workshop. Our experience has shown that a BIT workshop can be beneficial even after trying to use this book on your own. If after you've given this a good try, meaning you really did your best with it and kept up with it for a reasonable amount of time, the holding, and the holding problem still hasn't gotten better, don't despair. It just means that you probably need to take the next step, which would be consulting with a professional. But even in that case, this book can lay the groundwork for future success with a therapist or organiser. What's new in the second edition of Buried in Treasures? Um, our understanding of hoarding and our ability to do something about it is constantly evolving. As we mentioned previously, since we have published the first edition of Buried in Treasures, there has been an astonishing explosion of public and scientific interest in the topic of hoarding. First, the new edition of the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders includes, for the first time, the diagnosis of hoarding disorder. We've incorporated those diagnostic criteria here in Chapter 2. We've interviewed readers who attend our Buried in Treasures workshops and found out what they found more or less easy to digest. We have tried to be clearer about those areas that they told us were confusing. 
We have also provided more information about the findings of our clinical trials that show what works within uh, hoarding and where we still have room for self for improvement. We've improved our self-assessment tools to help you prioritise safety and to conduct your own experiments to help you understand why you save things. As we've learned more about what stops people from overcoming a hoarding, we call these bad guys. We've added more emphasis on psychological issues such as perfectionism, stress and time management. And we've also added a new strategy to our good guys on setting manageable goals and gradually increasing your stamina. We update you on the latest research about how hoarding is related to brain function. These changes are designed to keep you up to date with the best available information about hoarding and to keep you on track with the best possible strategies for beating it. We hope you find these revisions helpful. Okay, so from what I can tell, um, introduction is actually chapter one. So we've just finished chapter one. I hope that was palatable. Even though I dropped you, I'm sorry about that. Uh, so we're at about the half an hour mark. I'm not really sure um, how long people prefer these to be. <laughs> um, so I will leave it there for now. But hopefully it sounds okay. Because I really don't want to have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> and I hope that you are having a great day or a great evening. And if you're still not asleep, then feel free to listen again or to listen to the podcast. You take care.